Imagine moving your business and your three boys from the Gold Coast to New York City, ready to have a year of travel and adventure, a year that you have been dreaming of for a long time, only to have a global pandemic turn up with other plans. Welcome to Stand Out Life, a podcast dedicated to exploring what it takes to live boldly amongst the busyness and the uncertainty of our world. I'm Ellie Hill, and as a psychologist, I know the power of sharing and hearing stories from the people around us. From the heart of New York with her three boys, today's guest, Sel Watts, shares what she is learning amongst the challenges that 2020 is bringing. Sel is an entrepreneur at her core, the founder of a successful HR strategy business, What's Next Group. Her vlog series, An Unconventional Life, sums up Sel's philosophy that life is way too short to do things that you regret. It was such a delight to be able to connect with Sel via Zoom. Now we had this conversation a number of weeks ago uh, and you'll hear it's around the time when there were riots and protests around Black Lives Matter happening in New York City. Throughout this conversation you'll get a glimpse into what has been what it's been like living through the numbers of COVID-19 that hit New York earlier this year being witness to the Black Lives Matter protests and riots in the city and how important it is to keep learning and growing even when you feel completely out of your depth and out of control. I know that you are going to enjoy the realness and the wisdom that drips from the beautiful Cell Watts. It's such a delight to be to be chatting chatting with you all the way over in New York. I want to start with the question. Here we are in 2020. 2020 was going to be the start not only of a new year, but of a new decade. What plans in January did you have for 2020? Well, my January was, well, actually my December and January and October, November, December was all about moving my children from the Gold Coast to New York. And that had been a two-year process, which was meant to be like a six-month process. Um, two years, I finally got them here. We, I went over uh, to France to get their visas, got back at the beginning of January, and I had to just get them into school, get settled, get the apartment settled, and then we were going to have the New York City experience in every possible form, including uh, not only New York but travelling the Northern Hemisphere and just really living uh, a very different and new life to the beautiful Gold Coast. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and you know the thing about New York City is that you move here to live in the city. People don't come here to live in their homes because everyone lives in very tiny apartments. It's not like in Australia where your home is somewhere where you relax, you know, you have a pool or a backyard and you entertain a lot. You know, New York is about being in the city and I'm paying New York rents without New York. Fair <laughs> <laughs> jibbed somewhere along the line. <laughs> a big part of it was the boys having this school experience. They were literally in school, I don't know, like four weeks or something and then school has shut down until... September, hopefully, fingers crossed. I'm, I will definitely be protesting if school doesn't open. It. <laughs> Single one person protest going out. Yeah. I um, I will get to uh, what happened in 2020, but I want to go back and say why New York. What was it about New York that um, I guess kind of drew you in? Yeah, and you know, I didn't actually come to New York until I was about 35, so it was like you know, later on compared to, you know, if you go when you, you start travelling at a young age. And when I got here, I just, and, you know, a lot of people talk about the vibe of New York City um, and, you know, there is this incredible vibe. But there were certain things that, that stood out for me. One, I felt a frequency, I, I aligned with the frequency, so I actually felt more calm and more relaxed in this city than I did anywhere else. And yet it's so intense and it's so busy and loud. And um, But for me, I felt this sense of I found something that's on the same, same level frequency as me. So there was this feeling of like, this is my place. 
So that, that was one element of how I just internally felt really connected. And secondly, everyone's here because they've got a dream, you know, like the waiter that serves you has got a dream. The girl that's doing your hair is here because she's got a dream. Everyone, and you know, not everybody, but, but so many people have come here because they want to live something that is really um, challenging or, or it, it's something with stars in their eyes, you know. And I just love and I've always been obsessed, obsessed with this co- concept of uh, the fact that we all have something that we would, you know, we wish we could do or when we were asked when we were children what we wanted to be. And now how many of us are actually living that? How many of us actually went and really chased that dream? And here I feel like there's so many that are just chasing the dream and I just love that. I just find that so inspiring. It just really aligns to me. What was it about, so I love that sense of, you know, that connection for yourself, um, uh, the frequencies being on the same page, like I think that's that's really um, a tangible experience that you're describing. It's one thing to go, oh, this is a place where I feel uh, connected to. It's another thing to say, I want to have a year with my three boys who are, how old are they again? 13, 11 and 7. Now, we've just had two birthday, quarantine birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a new experience for uh, for all of us and one that I'm sure they will remember. Um, that So what was it about, uh, I guess, going from this is a place that I really resonate with to it's an adventure and experience that I want to carve out for, for my boys? Yeah, I think what happened to me when I started travelling when I was younger and then particularly coming here where it's, it is true that it's such a melting pot of people. You know, there, there is really such diversity in all types of people and they're all living in this together and it, like, everything's so, like nothing mixes but it all mixes, like it all works and I think when I started to travel and when I started to come here, my all my blinkers came off and I sort of thought, wow, you know, there's so much to learn and so much to experience and so, so many people to see and meet. And um, I, I just, it made me feel very small but in the sense of more humble and that, um, you know, my journey in life, you know, don't, don't worry about the stuff, you know. I'm just a small part and go and experience and break the rules and do whatever. And I just wanted to give them this exposure to um, a life outside of themselves so that, so that they could see that they're part of something so much bigger. And this is a fantastic place to have that because it's so in your face, you know, the, the differences and the diversity and the... Um, full onness of it is so in your face. You know, <laughs> you, you can't help but experience it. I love that sense of um, with so much going on that you almost get over yourself and anything is possible. It's almost like in the in the fact that there's more is that's really cool. Well, yeah, it is. It's, it took. It made me so rather than be overwhelmed or feel like. Oh, I'm like the small fish in a big pond. That's you know I don't belong. It was more like I can come and play too, and I I really have this utmost respect for this city. In that it's sort of like you pay a price to be here. It's it's hard, and we talk about being New York tough because it's tough living. You know, it's expensive and it's gritty and it's you know. Like the people are amazing, but it's it's tough. You know, it, there's nothing easy about it. It's not like a home where I got, could get into my nice fancy car in my nice clothes and drive directly in front of the shop and walk out. You know, it's just nothing's easy about it. But it's sort of like the price you pay. And I feel that it's like this city which says, you are welcome to come and play here on this, what I call the entrepreneurial playground of the world. But... You have to earn it. You have to earn it to be here. You have to do your bit. And I love that feeling that this place gives me of 
the, all the opportunity is here, but it will not be handed to you. <laughs> you will work to have this experience. And that's a lesson. Yeah. That's an extraordinary lesson for, for our kids as well to be exposed to some of that. So 2020 plans uh, for adventure, for experience, for being a part of it all. And then mm. a global pandemic hits and New York is the epicenter from certainly from the media and what we have heard here in Australia, uh, the, the impact on New York City itself was, has been and continues to be huge. Yeah. Can you talk me through what the experience has been like being yeah. there and living through it? I have to say right at this very moment, and I've got goosebumps all up my arm, I feel very emotional because I feel like the city is in so much pain right now. You know, it's really hurt. It's really hurting um, from the pandemic and now what we've had um, with the protests and the riots. And so many people are suffering. You know, here so many businesses have gone under. So many people, um, you know, have don't have income because. Here, um, you know, if you don't, if there's no work, you don't get paid. You're not protected like in Australia. And I, one of the things I didn't realise when they were talking about closing the schools, a big issue with that was that there's 114,000 children that rely on the schools for food and safety. And so closing down the schools, and I just had no idea. And I was mm -hmm. like, What? They rely on food every day. Otherwise, they can't get food at home. And so, um, so right now, I feel like, you know, we're still in full lockdown and we've just come out last week. We, we had like a triple, a triple whammy. We had corona lockdown. We had curfew from, had to be inside from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. And from the street that I'm on, 96th Street, it was all blocked off. No one could go down south into Manhattan from here. So it's sort of like this triple. And I just felt like, I feel like, oh, you know, we're in a lot of pain. And whilst I have no doubt that this city will recover and be stronger, I don't know how long that will take. It certainly isn't going, nothing's got much is going to happen this year. But we will recover, but it's it's very sad. But when I when I talk about the the, the whole time it was it's for me and I was I was very Australian when this first all started I was like oh whatever nothing's this is what's this thing that they're all talking about and I was talking to friends and I was saying how their workplaces were talking about you know closing down I was like what, are you kidding me and the schools might shut what oh this is such an overkill and I have to say my predictions of what's going to happen next with corona have all been wrong I have completely underestimated this and I think that's a very Australian way of like, oh, she'll be right, mate. And she'll be right. She'll be yep. right. And the whole time I'll be like, I oh, should be right. Oh, it's not right. Um, oh, yeah, maybe this is a bit more serious than I expected. Um, so to start with, I was sort of like, yeah, we're going to be, we're going to be fine, and we're going to nail this homeschooling. And, and bear in mind, Ali, I, um, my life wasn't very normal beforehand. And I had been living a life for two years of travelling, spending more time here than home on my own. And I, I then went into this world of at home, three kids on my own, homeschooling, cooking, doing domestic activities. Everything I've been doing doesn't come naturally to me. I haven't been able to do anything that I'm good at. And, um, and so I, like, I was like major contrast in my life. So it took a bit for me to adjust and it still is. But to start with, I was very, you know, we're going to nail this. And then, and then it got a bit like homeschooling was really tough. Um, and I was like, whoa, this is, you know, I can't cope. This work was just like, I can't even think about work. Um, then we sort of got into a bit of a rhythm and I was like, okay, you know, we, we, we go with this. And then it got a bit boring and we were like, huh? and then I got depressed. And so it was this whole like journey that went like sort of in, um, you know, a few week blocks. And, um, and when I started to get depressed, I was like, what's going on? And I, I realized that a couple of things, one, we didn't have anything to look forward to. <laughs> 
So, you know, not, there was nothing, you couldn't look forward to the weekends. Every day was the same. Um, we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't go out for dinner. There was just nothing ahead. Um, all our trips to, you know, either coming back to Australia or, you know, um, the boy's dad coming to to us, nothing was on the calendar. Um, so I realised that... And that's so important as human mm-hmm. beings, isn't it? To have that, as you say, whether it's a holiday, whether it's a catch up with family, to have that on the horizon. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and almost to have that ta- all of that taken away is huge. And I'm one that planned out, you would plan out my year of trips and exciting things and parties. And, and suddenly I was sitting there with the boys. We had a family meeting in Central Park and I was like, I'm not, this, I'm not feeling good. And I was like, okay, so we don't have anything to look forward to. So we need to change that. We need to work out what we can, what little things we can do. We needed to change our routine. So being able to, say, go to Central Park for dinner a few nights and just... And, and then I realised this idea of the fact that I wasn't doing anything that I'm good at and that everything I have to do every day, my whole day is filled with tasks that are uncomfortable for me. So I'm never in my flow, never feeling accomplished and like I did great today, I, I did something I'm really good at. And so I started to understand, really reflect on, so what, what, what are the real reasons that I'm feeling how I'm feeling rather than just saying, oh, it's this, you know, it's corona, it's quarantine, it's fair enough. Yeah, that's okay, but this is we're, we're not out of this for a long time. So I couldn't just say, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. I had to really think about, well, what can I do um, to make, you know, get through this in a, in a better way? And, and I'm, I'm so proud. You know, the boys have been so easygoing and resilient and, you know, being that, like, you know, we had a big house with a pool and a trampoline and a cul-de-sac where they just walked the street, you know, and with the bare feet. And, and now we're in an apartment um, in a city where, you know, there's a hospital mate put up on Central Park, you know, and we have to wear masks. Every minute we walk out the door, we have to have a mask on. And, um, and you know, we didn't have that established life here. So they didn't have... Uh, friends yet really um, that they could keep that connection with and I didn't have you know strong enough business foundations to keep you know pushing that network Um, and so you know we 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 have really you know been given the challenge and I'm super proud of I'm super proud of how we're handling it and how we're experiencing it and we have been more excited and embracing of wow we are in the epicenter and we are having this incredible experience that will change us for the better. There's just no doubt about it. And, and, you know, the other thing, Ali, is that we have constantly have people telling us that I should be coming home and I shouldn't be happy here with my children and I'm how terrible and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's just always coming in. But, I'm you know, I'm used to that. But it's like, you know, what they are learning and experiencing is just the biggest gift really, you know, and the gifts are, are um, tough, you know. Absolutely. Any challenge is, but it will stay with them. And I love even that family meeting of what are we looking forward to and what am I good at that I can make sure that I engineer that into my day somewhere along the line. I completely sit with you in terms of those domestic chores. Cooking is not my strength. I am bad at it. Having to do it every night <laughs> is unbelievable. Um yeah. You know, with restaurants and cafes and all of that shutting down, it's uh, <laughs> it's been challenging. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you you talk about you know New York and and uh, the vibe and the experience and how so much of that has changed and and shifted. What have been the scenes as you've walked around the city over the past few months that maybe have either taken your breath away or confronted you in, in what you've seen and what you've experienced? Well, uh, again, I've got goosebumps. Like clearly I'm talking about something I'm passionate about. I have goosebumps all over me. Um, there is something absolutely incredible about the strength of this city and the people and I think people that haven't been here or spent much time here here of New Yorkers you know the New Yorkers aren't, don't care about anyone and they're just busy and pushing people aside and you know everyone's doing their own thing and it's yeah I mean I, under, I understand that um, but it's it's not like that the, the people are so resilient and 
um, and have really come together. And you know, I look at it and think, we say, oh, you know, this is the city that never sleeps and that everyone lives in the city. And we tell everyone that you're going to go inside and shut the doors and not come out unless you've got a mask and, you know, not be around anyone. And people have done it and pulled together um, to turn, you know, the Titanic. And um, it was really bad. You know, the numbers were really, really bad. And being out um, and seeing everyone respect the process when it is so against what New Yorkers and the people that live here are all about, you know, it's um, and, and really taking away that freedom to live the way that you live here um, has been really interesting for me to see and how people have just come together to help each other. And, you know, I have pretty small network here considering and and people that I've hardly known, you know, dropping off bagels in the building for us or um, just checking in all the time and, um, yeah, and now, like, it's, it's, you know, it's getting hot here and going to the park and seeing people just connecting in the best way they can. Like, it's inspirational every day. Every time I step out or look out the window um, I'm inspired and, you know, that's a, I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky to be having, you know, this experience. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, like, I'll never be the same as a result of, of this, you know, and, and especially now with what happened with George Floyd and seeing the, um, the depth of pain here, um, you know, I really feel... You know, I've never, I've never, I know so little, you know, and, and one of the things I think about what's happened is the best thing that's happened is that what's being spread around social media is how to educate yourself. And I think that's what's going to be the change. Um, how, how do we educate ourselves to truly understand? But to sit here and think, wow, you can really feel the pain that's here. I mean, all of this in together, it's, it's too much. Um, it's, it's too much, but... It is, and it's it's it is what it is, and yeah, like this, it's an incredible, it's just an incredible place to be right now. Yeah, and it doesn't surprise me that um, you know vulnerability is coming up at the moment when people are being, you know, it's it's such a vulnerable time, and we are collectively being asked to reassess our habits and our actions and our decisions uh, that that some of this pain and conversation is is bubbling up what are you finding because it's it's um, it's right there at your doorstep uh, protests and and conversations and uh, in what you're seeing and what your boys are seeing what are you finding in the conversations you're having with them around conversation of racism and Black Lives Matter and being in New York, um, you know, at this time when you can almost probably feel that pain on the streets. Yeah, and you absolutely can feel it. And I I felt very heavy. I felt very heavy last week with um, the the sadness of the situation and... um, but also that, you know, this is a turning point for, I mean, all of this, the pandemic, Black Lives Matter protests, this is, a, this is the biggest turning point I think the world will have seen. Like, and, and I've talked to the kids about it and I did a post the other day, like I'm so confident about our future. You know, the generations coming um, coming, you know, after us, I just, you know, they have so much education now and they are living and breathing this um, inequality um, with no, just uh, like, why is this happening? How is this a problem? Why does anyone care about someone's skin colour? That, that's how they see it, you know, and I just think, and even with the pandemic, um, to see how quickly some something can be taken away from you and how, um, you know, they talk about the great leveller and, you know, I mean, I've got different thoughts on that, but the fact is is that any moment the things that we think that matters 
gets taken away and then we realise that they aren't the things that matter. So then we are all can always question what really matters to me right now, what really matters to me right now. And that's been something that I've thought always thought about a lot in that, um, and I know I go, um, go off track in different ways, um, but I, I've always thought, I've always tried lots of different things and I've never really worried or been attached to failure because I've always had this view that, you know, your life is in seasons and you do things whilst you want to do them and whilst they feel good and then if you don't like it anymore, then, you know, you change path and you do something else. Whereas a lot of people think that, you know, you choose a path and if you don't follow that through, then you failed or you haven't fulfilled a commitment. You know, it's like make your, you make your bed and you lie in it. Whereas my view is, um, you know, just like I'm just forever changing. Like every time I have another experience and another learning, which is massive right now, what matters changes, what I think I like or what I'm interested in changes. So I'm constantly like, oh, yeah, I'm done with that. I'll try this now um, with no real attachment to that. And I think what the kids are seeing is that, you know, things can be taken from you. So, and, and your life can be turned upside down by things that are out of your control. So be flexible and um, agile with the way that you approach your life because you can be anything at any time that you want, you know. There's time for everything. You don't have to do it in the order, you know, the order that we think. And this has been conversations that we've been able to sort of, you know, that I have said to them, but I can sort of show them with the examples of what we're experiencing. And I think that's both kind of scary and liberating at the same time, right? Because we love certainty and order and structure. And if I do A and then B and then C, then D will happen. Uh, and then we realise that B is not there and D doesn't exist anymore. And in fact, Z actually is the next pathway. <laughs> and that's really exciting. But it's also, um, it means that we have a choice in that as well like it, you know we it's we can't just rely on oh, yeah. if I follow the follow the pathway and the steps um one of the things I've loved about you Cell is you are you're often and always very uh vocal about mental health and the importance of mental health um for business owners for for individuals and um and I, you know, I appreciate you even sharing your experience in, in, you know, getting, feeling depressed in, in the last couple of months as well. What have you, uh, what are some of the tripwires or things you look for, for your own mental well-being? Uh, and what are the things that, that I guess get you back, um, in terms of feeling, feeling mentally stronger? Yeah. And I mean, look, this is, you know, I know, um, it's like, I, I struggle with this so much because I'm such an all-in passionate person and and I, I struggle with like you know you won't get hurt if you don't have any expectations I try to not have expectations but I do and I and I do get emotional and I am you know passionate about stuff and I think with that comes this sort of like roller coaster of you know um, and you know, I, I always look to people who I, I feel are very steady, like yourself, Ali, very steady and calm. And I think, oh, I wish I could be like that. So I'm really aware that I, you know, have my ups and downs and all of those things. And many times I've thought, oh, I've got to, I can't be like that. You know, it's, it's not the good way to be. But when you start trying to not be who you are, that's worse, right? So, so... Now I, I go, okay, I, and this is something I was talking to a therapist last year and um, actually someone that you introduced me to who's just amazing through my entrepreneurs group and um, she said to me, so let's talk about self-compassion. I was like, what's that? <laughs> She's like, come on, we need to do this whole self-compassion thing. I said, oh, no, 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 I'm not going, I'm not going there. I can't, I just can't do that. And um, I really have struggled with that. And the reason it came up was because one of the bits of feedback that I have consistently got um, throughout my life is, gosh, you're hard on yourself. And I'd be like, yeah, but, you know, like that whole, like, we have to be if you want to, you know, like get where you want to go. and But it started to be like well, people are sort of, like this is sort of coming across as like this is not a very cool thing. And then the whole self-compassion thing came up and I was like, oh, and, I, and it's, um, 
my therapist got me to do this test on self-compassion. I think it's the worst fail mark I've ever received in any test I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is like not cool. So one of the things that when you talk about like how do I steady that is to really work on um, how do I be kind to myself and I think a lot about um, would I say what I just said to myself? Would I say that to Ali or would I say that to my children? It's like, no way, I would never say that. And mm. so I've been, I have little things like that that I'm doing um, that I do to really work on going because I think my struggle become, comes from this lack of self-compassion and going, you know, you should be okay, you should get through this and, you know, you're tougher than that and come on. And this moment in time has been incredibly interesting for me because you know it's been tough and I have had to really go you know what so this is like a once in a lifetime experience this is like off the charts crazy and you know what it's such a it's it's really such a small moment in time in in, in relation to our whole lives it's okay if the homeschooling is really very shabby and it's okay if your work you're really relying on your business partners to to you know hold things up right now um and you're just not you know delivering or doing all the things that you are used to doing because this is a situation and one of my business partners said the other day so you know like you're really you know there's not much you you can do right now like it's just, and I was sort of like, oh no, that's not good. And then I was like, you know what? It's true. I'm in New York City on my own with three kids that are boys that are young, and there's school, and like, I, you know, I, I can't. And so when I, my journey through my own mental health has been this journey of, um, you know, let's get some reality around. Um, your situation and your expectations of others, what would they be of others and therefore how about that other person be you? So I don't know if I've answered your question but... No, totally. I think, I mean, I love that kind of take yourself off the hook. We, um, I think we had 10 weeks and, and you're having much longer in terms of homeschooling or kids being at home um, and I came into that. Then I even said to myself and the kids, if you do nothing... I'm sure you will be fine. <laughs> like if I'm going to set the bar at <laughs> you get no schoolwork done in these 10 weeks <laughs> and you come out alive and fed and slept, <laughs> yeah. then, then that's success. Anything about that is a bonus. Because, um, yeah, I think resetting that is, um, is really critical. I love the way that you have um, framed up this experience which has been hard um, and uncertain and certainly not what was on the vision board or planned for 2020. Have there been any moments where you have been scared, terrified and maybe even thought it's time to go home or has that not come into to your experience? Not once have I felt scared. Not once. And I think, like, I know when there's been some bad media in Australia because I wake up and there's all these, like, messages of, like, you know, you need to come home. It's like, what, why, what's, what's happened? What's happened is <laughs> out the window. Like, has something happened? Um, but, no, I, I mean, I was, I was never scared about um, the virus because um, we're not, like we're not high risk, you know, we're healthy, we're not around people that are high risk. We weren't seeing anyone anyway prior. Like, you know, we've, we're only new to that um, and we followed all the, you know, the rules. So I was never worried about that and I thought that if we, you know, if I was to get sick, you know, I had um, some plans but I, I was never worried about that. So that um, and and with what's happened in the last week, again, you know, like I, I'm not going out in the middle of the night Um or putting myself in a situation. So it's not, um, I have not once felt scared or that the, 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 the any of us are unsafe or um, there's a risk. Um, we had one family meeting where I said, okay, so basically because um, here you have 10 weeks over summer where there's no school and that's coming up in a couple of weeks' time and we were going to be 
come back to Australia for the summer, um, for the US summer. And, um, and so we were like, okay. So there's three options. One is, um, and everyone sort of leaves New York in the summer because it's, you know, it gets really hot and um, you know, it's 10 weeks, everyone clears out. And, um, and so we were like, okay, there's three options. We go home, but we have to be in quarantine for 28 days in a hotel room because we have to go into Sydney and then to Brisbane, you know, whatever, um, for one month. So we're basically in quarantine for a month in a hotel room and then for so that we can have one month there. We go back for good and, or we stay here for the summer and we just set up a new routine and perhaps try and get a few trips away. And the family vote was immediate of no we're just we're going to stay we're going we're gonna to be here we're going to live through this um and so it's never we've never once doubted our decision to be here and even with the situation that um ben the boy's dad is like in stuck in australia and we're here i mean that is incredibly intense because mm-hmm. even with all of our travel over the time and you would know this too you you always have the view i can always get on a plane if anything's wrong, we can always get on a plane, you know. Um, and when that was taken away, it's like, well, this is pretty intense. Um, but we, you know, we had the vision of an experience. Like I have my whole life mantra of no plan B. And right now it's like we, we are having an experience that is for the purpose of growing our minds and hearts and, and, um, and if at any point I felt that we were unsafe, great like you know we would find a way home but at no point have we we've only found it an enriching part but an enriching experience it's only good for the boys so yeah it's amazing it's an it's going to be yeah as you say um it'll be that thing of where were you in 2020 and their stories that they'll have for the rest of their lives is going to be extraordinary now you've got a heart for small to medium business you've you've done a huge amount of work with your businesses and in in the work that you do with um entrepreneurs uh people that see a vision and uh you can hear it in the way that you've you know even talked about possibility and grit and work and doing the things that are hard and perseverance that sits uh, behind that. It's it's so critical. Um, you, you mentioned earlier that you started your business in the global uh, financial crisis in, in 2008. What does downtime, downturn um, create when it comes to opportunity? Because there's plenty of, you know, we're here in Australia, it's just been announced we're in a recession. There's going to be a global economic impact. And plenty of people say now's not the time to start a business or to go and pursue that thing that you've been thinking about. What was your experience like back in, in 2008 and what are the opportunities that can happen? Well, I mean, I strongly disagree with that. I think this is an incredible time for those people that want to make a, a big shift in their life in whatever capacity, but let's say business. When I started, um, yeah, it was, two, it was August 2007 and I had uh, a three-month-old baby, my first son, Digger, um, we just moved to Queensland. I had no family. We had very little money. Um, I had never been in business before. I had no network at all. And, and it was the start of the global financial crisis. And I started the business with this enormous vision. Um, and, you know, the most amazing situation or the most amazing gift at that time was that I had so much naivety. I had no idea that all those things that I didn't have were even existed. I didn't think about the fact that there was a GFC and I had a baby and I had no money and I had no qualifications and had no business experience. I didn't know anyone. I just had this idea that I was so passionate about that I wanted to change the way that small businesses um, had support around their people and I was so passionate and I, I hated the HR industry so much and I wanted to change it so much and I'm still as passion, passionately dislike it um, and I was just, that's all I could see and a gift was that there was no social media back then 
which I think, you know, social media really helps with growing businesses now, but like there's no comparison or you're not looking at people going, oh my gosh, look at all the things I have. I couldn't possibly do it. I was really in my naive bubble and I highly recommend a naive bubble when you're starting <laughs> out. You, you know, I mean, as you get older and you've got more responsibilities, it's harder, but um, but it, what it meant was like, well, you know, you laugh, you say, oh, the only way is up. And it's true though, you know, it's true. It was, it was like... I have got no expectations of me um, and I think that is something that I really miss is that no expectations, um, I can make as many mistakes because there's no rule book, I have no successes behind me that I need to keep building upon and no expectations and so I just went forth with my idea and my passion and I just didn't even consider all the things that I didn't have. And, like, what freedom is that? You know, like, that's mm. just amazing creative freedom because once you start having a bit of success or you have a bit of, you know, anything, then it's sort of like, oh, you, or, or you have to hit your budget because you've got to pay for your fancy car or, like, it, you know, you, you, everything changes. Your motivation changes. Your your um, intentions change. What, why you're doing things. Whereas when there's none of that, it's just like this blank slate of creativity. And... Um, and I think that that's what times like this do. You know, these are the times when, and it doesn't matter if it's you want to leave your corporate job and start a business or, you know, you just want to start a business or you want to change your career completely or you want to change your relationship status. This is, at times like this are like the gift saying, you know what, here's your chance. You've got nothing to lose. Um, and at the end of the day, we've never really got anything to lose. Like we... <laughs> no, no, exactly. You, you can do it at any time, but there is something about this wave of change that's happening at the moment. And I love that, you know, comparison when you said, you know, there's no social media, so you're not comparing. Um, but even when you've had some success, then the comparison comes against yourself like I know in in our business there is a part of me that's going oh yeah but compared to what we were doing last this time last year or compared to and whereas actually um and to be honest that's actually a very quiet voice because I I feel that sense of renewed possibility at the moment I think you know anything is an option and the way that we work the way that we connect the way that we can engage um people are really open to that as well because it's all on the table uh you know it's all up for grabs one of the things you've done in the time that you've been in New York because you've been uh there as you said for a couple of years prior to bringing the boys over to live with you um is really invest in content and sharing content uh through your vlogs and we'll, we'll certainly put all the posts up where um links up that people can follow your YouTube channels Tell me a little bit about um, the reason behind that investment and why you think business people or entrepreneurs or people that just have a message to get out there, uh, you know, why it's worth them doubling down on, on yeah. content. I mean, what an incredible time to um, promote your, or share, I should say, share your skills and experience and talents. Like when I went to school, I wanted to be an actor and I tried to get into drama school and I knew that at that point the only way that I was going to have success is if I, you know, you were found by someone and the likelihood of that happening and anyone who was who's been interested in the arts or anything like that, you had to be discovered you had to be at the right place at the right time or get that option whereas now you can put yourself out there and share what you have to offer for free and all these people can experience it you know so I mean one why wouldn't we be be sharing and I I get so much from what people share, you know, their personal experiences, their talents, their skills, their information that they have. But for me, I, I mean, I, as anyone who follows me knows, you know, my biggest hero is Gary Vaynerchuk and I have so much, um, so much respect for him. And he's obviously, you know, shares his brilliance through social media and content. And I... I don't know, three or four years ago, went, came over to New York and, and did his one-day um, 4Ds content course on, um, on all, sorts to, all sort of things to do with content. And I didn't 
really know at that point why I was coming to do that. I um, I was sort of interested in understanding personal branding and um, I sort of just went along and I didn't really know what I was going to get from it. But I came out of it realising that um, as an entrepreneur, business owner um, or just an individual that has something that they think they can share that might help others, that building out a brand of, of content was a wonderful way to um, do all of those things, you know, just to share. And it's one of those things where, I, I mean, I, I strongly believe that any business owner um, or entrepreneur or anyone that's doing anything should, you know, needs to be investing in content. But it's a long, it's a, it's a long game. You know, I don't expect to see anything from it from for five years, maybe longer. Um, so it's, it's something like a lot of people said, would say to me, so what's the return on investment? Like that was mm. the first question. Have you picked up clients as a result? It's like, nah, like I'm not even. So, so what is the six, like success for one of a better word? What, what, uh, well, for me, what... when I started and, and there's different aspects, right? So, so you can do content specifically related to get clients into your business. So talk about what you do and share that expertise. And I strongly recommend that. And I think that, um, and I think, you know, there's just amazing opportunity for people in boring industries. Like just anyone that does something boring like insurance or, I don't know, sorry, people in insurance, I don't know, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like what they would consider to be boring industries. They are the things that are actually very interesting, you know, the day-to-day. Like any, I think, you know, side, side point, it's a thing I've thought about for a long time. But there's the whole sharing, you know, your, your expertise and that can be to bring business in, which is obviously really, really effective. Um, for me, I wanted to share my life journey more than anything because I was always getting um, asked about the way I lived all the time and often and you know heaps of judgment heaps of judgment because like I live in a way that doesn't fit society's boundaries and expectations you know it does, it's never doesn't and it doesn't make sense to people so people have always been very curious judgmental some are like not so nice and then others are just curious and I was like I'm just going to share this because if one person because I because Ali I believe that one of the reasons that our world is suffering is because individually people aren't doing what they really want to be doing, living the way they really want to be living. I, I truly believe that if everyone could just live however they want to live, that we would have a much happier world. And I felt like the questions that I would get were so interesting to me. And what I found was that I couldn't understand the questions. Like I couldn't understand why my life looks so crazy and so weird to other people I understand it now but at the time I was like I don't understand what why what what is this weird interest and then I realized it's like well I'm just doing what I want to do and then one guy said to me once so how do you live the way you want to live and I was like what do you mean he goes well you do what you want to do I was like oh, man, that is a sad, that's a sad question. And that really got me thinking. And I thought, you know what, if I can share a little bit of me chasing my dreams and with no idea what's going to happen, how much I'm going to fall down, you know, copying the judgment, and I just go ahead and I do it and I share it, if one person decides to chase their dream or change their life to do something that they love, if one person does that, then there's my return on investment. And I believe, you know, that there's other things that will come from that, obviously, but I really thought, you know, I, I, just, I just strongly believe that we should just try and do our, like live the way that we want to live and try. What, what do you think gets in the way of that for people? What are, the, what are the barriers? Well, you know, obviously, you know, we worry about what other people think and there is an expectation of how we should live and, and you know, we do care about 
what our parents think and what our best friends think. And, and I don't think we shouldn't care because, you know, that's human nature and the people that love us and whatever. And I, and I think, but I think there's this lack of this certainty thing, I think, has really come up a lot for me um, during this time of how much people can't handle uncertainty, like what you were saying before. Mm. So I think, like, you know, we're afraid of, like, what if it doesn't work out? What if I lose my money? What if, what if I can't do the things that my friends can do? What if I fail? Like, what does that mean about me? And I think that's really ingrained in people and that there's this lack of time, you know, that, you know, you have to do, you have to, like, get married at this time, you have to have kids by this time and, you know, you need to have owned your home by this time and have your investment properties by this time. It's like... You know, like for what? Like why? It's like we got this massive life, and I always talk about the fact that life is too long and too short. Right? It's too long to not do what you want to do, and it's too short to not do what you want to do. So it's sort of like you got to just live it. And at the end of the day, no one really cares about what you're doing. You know, the, the only time that anyone is actually judging you, or this is in my experience. The only time that the people that I feel have judged me or been pretty harsh, I know that I'm just pressing their buttons on their own stuff that they're not doing. You know, it's got nothing to do with me. That's nothing to do with me. You know, if they, they question my parenting, it's because they've, they've got some insecurities about how they're parenting right at that moment. You know, I know the ones that, like, the questions I get, the people that are, that are curious to learn and grow and the ones that are having some struggles themselves and... You know, and that's so it's nothing, it's not about me. And I think if we realise that it's not about us, like no one really cares. And in fact, people will respect you and love you and um, admire you more for having the courage to just live how you want to live, no matter how many times you fall down and graze your knees or break your leg. They will, they will respect that so much more than you playing it safe because you're worried about, you know, the status or the ego that we have. You know, that's what I think. And you would have much more depth of knowledge and understanding about this whole topic, but that's sort of just in my own personal experience. How do you, and um, I'm going to use this word, but in light of what we've been talking about, it's not the right word, but it's the word that people fear, is how do you deal with so-called failure? Um when things maybe haven't gone down the path that expectation or the plan, because um, I think what you're describing is just kind of have a crack with, yeah. with kind of, um, you know, and just see and learn along the way. Um, and yet one of the things that does stop us is this concern about, yeah, but what if I fail or what if I waste all this money or all this time going down a particular path and it was clearly the wrong path or not the right area I mean you you've even talked before about you know wanting to go into acting and you know there there probably was a part of you going yeah but but you know it's really what I want to do it's my passion um so how how do you kind of navigate failure yeah so as I said before you know I really don't attach to failure I I because so I, I there's, a couple, there's a couple of things here nothing that I've ever set out to do no goals that I've ever planned or, or plans that I've set out have ever gone how I thought they would. Whether whether I would say that at the end of that that I was successful or not, it's, it was never the journey that I expected. Um, so I know that I can't predict regardless whether, you know, and I know that I have a certain amount of control over um, the success based on work ethic and you know, opportunities and you know decisions and blah blah blah. But there's also a huge element of that we can't like you know that I can't control. But more importantly, I I look at my life um, as a flavoursome journey. So I think about I often think about so what what you know what do I want to, where do, what how do I want this to look at the end? And the way that I picture the way I sort of look at success for my life is that I have this picture in my head that I'm going to be I'd be sitting this very Aussie sitting on the on the uh, veranda in my rocking chair with my great 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 grandchildren and great children great grandchildren all sitting around me 
and they say, great, great, great grandma, Syl, tell me about your life. And I say, well, have I got a story for you? <laughs> and I have this flavoursome journey of, and then I did this, and then this happened, and then I did this, and oh my gosh, what about when that happened? And oh, what a disaster that was. And then how awesome was that? And that's how I want my life to be. So there's no failure in that. It's a story in everything. You know, there's a there's a story. And I think about, you know, when you know when you talk with friends about, you know, when you went travelling. All of my travelling stories are the ones where, remember when we got on that dodgy train and we got our backpack stolen and it's not that, remember when we went to the beach and we had that awesome time frolicking in the water? Like, you don't talk about that, yeah. you know? And so I, I don't look at my life as, like, do this and you either succeed or fail. It's like, do something and experience it. And that experience will then lead you to do this or try this or meet that person and then that will take you down here. And so when, when I think when you look at your life as um, experiences, then suddenly where are you failing? Yeah, you're just rubbing your hands together going, this is going to be an awesome story. <laughs> I love it. People want to hear about the disasters. Like, um, yes. oh, you know, it's like, let me tell you when I made that terrible decision or let me tell you when I nearly lost the house, you know, and mm. let me tell you when the business took a major dive because I went mental, you know. Like, that's like, – they're the things that I grew, for, I grow from and think about and, you know, obviously we want more good times than bad, but – I just, I think there's too much attachment to, um, and I remember being interviewed for, by someone and they, and they said, oh, yeah, and you opened that Sydney office and, it, and, you know, that failed. And I was like, that didn't, that didn't fail. I did it. And then I was like, oh, this sucks. Like I'm travelling and then the people that are running it aren't really happy and I don't even really like this. Like I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. It's like I didn't fail. I had, had a crack. I experienced and went, oh, that's not really what I thought it was going to be and it's not really where I want to be right now because this has happened in my life and this has happened in my life and so I don't really want to be doing this anymore. And I thought it was very interesting the way the interviewer um, put it as a failure. I was like, mm. that's your failure. That's not mine. I Like I went and opened an office in Sydney and I had this experience and realised that, oh, God, who can be bothered doing that? You know? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And these, um, I, you know, I think what you're describing and certainly from my experience as well is it's those twists and, and uh, tests, like put your, put your feet in the water, so to speak, actually makes what matters at this point in time even clearer yes. where you go actually I don't want to be traveling yeah. or I don't want to be you know you know split between the two and in fact now right at the moment this is what's important so you, need, you actually can bring that to the forefront more than more than ever <laughs> you were talking sorry mm. I was just gonna say remember that like uh, and that's why I talk about living your life in seasons there are things that I want to do right now but I'm not going to want to do them in two years time you know, there, I, there was a time when I was travelling every week around Australia and I loved it. I loved it. It was fantastic. And then I didn't like it anymore because I was over it. I had that experience. I didn't want to do it anymore. Like, it's great. I, I did it. And then, yeah. you know, I just wanted to spend time at home and then I started doing some international stuff. And, like, yeah, so I think, you know, there's no rules. Like, take the rules off yourself. Yeah. You mentioned before that uh, you've had family meeting about how important it is to have something to look forward to. What's the thing that you're looking forward to at the moment? Oh, man, you know, I'm really looking forward to the kids going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a celebration day. <laughs> I struggle to get into the flow of my work and so I feel like I'm not really in engaged and doing great work because I can't get that flow. I'm really looking to go looking forward to going to a restaurant. I love like going out to lunch and stuff like that. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting back into my work um, and you know getting at like going into an office. Um, I don't believe that this workforce of everyone working from home, I know everyone thinks this is going to be how it's going to be. I don't like, I think there's definitely an adjustment and there's going to be more of it, but, um, you know, I could talk all day about my views on that and I, I think that um, 
I'm looking forward to being back in an office um, and I'm looking forward to travelling. You know, I, I, I was really hoping to travel a lot this year um, for, a, for, you know, personally, for personal nature. Um, but, you know, it's just those little things at the moment. Yes, it's the, the fact that I could go out for lunch tomorrow and sit in a restaurant and someone would bring me my food and then they would take it away. They'd take the plates away and then they would fill That's up. That's a revelation. It's just amazing. You know, like I just, yeah. um, and like it, this is so interesting this time, you know, you, you, when you think about, oh, you know, I, people would say to me, oh, well, so what do you like doing? And I think, I don't really know what I like doing. And now I'm like, well, now I know what I like doing because <laughs> I can't, can't do it. I'm really looking forward to getting my hair done. Um, yep. Yeah, and uh, and those little those. It's right now, you know, we are so we are so locked down that it is those little freedoms. Um, going outside and not wearing a mask, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, we'll have a newfound, I think, gratitude um, and enjoyment. I think from those those little things in our everyday life. Sel, I feel like we could keep chatting um, and it's been such a delight to spend this time with you. I want to ask you my final question. podcast is called Standout Life. When you hear that term, what does it mean to you to live a standout life? Oh, it's like do your thing, you know, just do your thing. And people will, you know, even the ones that don't like you will love you for it. Just, I, I would love to see more people just not worrying about what anyone else is doing or um, what anyone else is thinking and, and just embrace everyone for the great things that you can learn from them and just give your sparkle. I'm not really a sparkle kind of word girl, so I don't really like that. But <laughs> give your, I don't know, thing to the world. That's how I see it. That's not beautiful. Very eloquent at all, was it? That was perfect. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Just do your thing. <laughs> and, and then when you're doing your thing, come and visit me. Uh, come and come and see me and give me a hug. That's what I would like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to give you a hug. Uh, sometime soon, hopefully. But it's been yeah, I've loved hanging out virtually. Oh, so good, Ali. Thank you so much. I feel very humbled to talk to you no it's been awesome i feel inspired from uh, <laughs> from chatting with you <laughs> <laughs>